You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. As we welcome you along to the programme with uh, John Paul taking your calls 0818 103 103 and it's John Paul's last day with us uh, today. He's taking some early Christmas holidays so be nice and kind to him today when you're calling. You can text or WhatsApp the programme as well to 086 103 and of course our emails always open to you 24-7 Cork today at c103.ie and let me start with an email because it ties in with uh, a story that is in all of the papers today and this is to do with the JP McManus very, very generous donation to GAA clubs all over the country and Charles has emailed the programme and said, Patricia please don't think I'm a grudger begrudger with what I'm about to say and may I also preface my email by saying I'm a huge GAA fan and have been all my life. But with the amount of families who were homeless this Christmas and others who were struggling simply to put basic food items on the table, should JP McManus and his family not have considered giving the one million to every county in the country and let the local St Vincent de Paul Society or the local Lions Club give the money to those most in need. As I say, I don't begrudge the GAA clubs, their windfall, but I feel this generous donation by JP could have been better spent, particularly at this time of the year. And I would love to hear other listeners' comments on this. So you're, we're going to open the phone lines and the text messages on this. How did you feel about that really, really generous uh, offer and donation by J.P. McManus uh, yesterday. I mean, it really uh, was incredibly uh, generous. And And it seems that how it all kicked off was that county board officials yesterday, they literally got a letter and it does appear, certainly reading newspaper articles, it literally came out of the blue. A letter arrived to a county board official, I don't know, it's the secretaries, I take it, would be getting these letters and it read, dear, whatever the name of the various county board was, I'm pleased to enclose on behalf of Noreen, our children and myself, a cheque to the value of one million euro. And yes, literally, cheques for one million euro were put in uh, the post and sent to the 32 county board officials. And the letter says it's given as a donation from our foundation to be evenly divided and distributed amongst GAA clubs, Camogie clubs and ladies, gay football clubs and he goes on to talk about with Limerick's um, success they've seen the joy that it can bring and he says I'm attaching a letter from the J.P. McManus Charitable Foundation which sets out the criteria associated with the use of the uh, donation and you know obviously there's the you know, the all of the clubs have to make sure that they've got compliance and they, that everything meets with the criteria for how JP McManus wants this money uh, um, wants this money uh, divided up. So, you know, it means that the one million that arrived, it can't be used, for example, if somebody has a large stadium debt or if some clubs are deciding, some county boards are deciding they might like to bring in, you know, uh, extra physios or they might like to bring in extra managers or coaches, they can't do anything like that. This money is purely for the clubs. And as the letter from JP McManus says, it's not just the GAA units themselves. It has to be divided between the Camogie and the ladies football uh, football clubs as well. So in, in other words, three separate 
sporting organisations are uh, going to uh, benefit. And this uh, won't mean the same, of course, therefore, to every GAA club around the country. Because if you think of us here in Cork and it would be similar in uh, Dublin, we would have a lot more clubs than some of the smaller counties. So the Cork clubs will be getting a much smaller slice of the pie when all of the money is divvied up. Say you compare it to the likes of Longford or uh, Leitrim. Some in those counties, each club could benefit to the tune of about €30,000. I know one of the newspapers used Longford as an example. They have a little over 20 GAA clubs and a smaller number um, one of the smallest numbers of any county and if you had perhaps maybe a dozen ladies and camogie uh, clubs that would be a significant amount of money when you divide the million up between all of those smaller clubs so it's not going to certainly it's not going to mean the same for the clubs in uh, Cork but it's still a very very welcome uh, windfall so of course people asking well how much is JP McManus worth that he can give a donation like this well they estimate he's worth about two billion so the 32 million is a very, very small uh, d- dent. And it's also, it also must be pointed out that this this money that J.P. McManus has give to, given to the GEA clubs, it's not coming from J.P. McManus himself. It's coming from the accounts of the J.P. McManus Charitable Foundation. And that's run by his wife, Noreen, and his daughter, uh, Sue Ann Foley. And I mean, th- that particular charity foundation has given, I think, over 100 million out in the, in the last uh, 20 years. I mean, you've got cancer uh, clinics and cancer charities that have benefited, youth services have benefited, University of Limerick. And of course, in and around the Limerick area, they've hugely, hugely benefited from the J.P. McManus uh, Charitable Foundation. But now every single GAA con- ca- club in the country is going to benefit from it as well. Now, has there been critics of J.P. McManus? Well, there has. One of, I suppose one of the main criticism is that he is a tax resident in Switzerland. So the argument is from some people yesterday and has always been there that he should be paying his income tax here rather than doing these acts of uh, charity. And I did see on X, formerly Twitter yesterday, Jennifer Whitmore, she's the Social Democrat at TD. She was retweeting about this money that JP McManus was given to all of the GAA county boards and she said I know this is a stretch but maybe just pay taxes here you know for all those less PR worthy initiatives like education, healthcare and public transport. So there are some people that feel if he was a, a tax resident in this country maybe he wouldn't have as much money uh, to, be giving, to be given out but he is a very very generous guy and people have a uh, hugely, hugely benefited. And, you know, even though why I say he's given the uh, 100 million in the last uh, 20 uh, years, there also has been a lot of talk. There's a lot of discreet donations done as well that nobody gets to hear anything about. But anyway, your thoughts and comments welcomed on JP uh, McManus. from the GAA point of view, terrific news. But would you be with Charles, who was saying, mm, if you have 32 million, uh, Mr. McManus and family, maybe you could have looked somewhere else uh, to donate it, maybe to the homeless charities, to the people that are going hungry. Societies of Vincent de Paul, hugely busy. We were talking about Cork Penny Dinners only yesterday, and you know, they're uh, struggling, and how Katrina Toomey is doing her best to make sure that every little child that comes through the door of Penny Dinners, some of them hand her their Santa. 
uh, letter and she's trying to make sure that every, you know, that she'll get the letters to Santa and that every child will get what they want this Christmas. So there is a lot of need uh, out there. So would the money be better spent going somewhere else rather than going to sporting bodies. Your thoughts welcomed 0818 103 103. But then Maura, and this is nothing to do with JP McManus, but this was a, a WhatsApp that came in just be, just before I started uh, the programme and Maura says, I'm sure this won't be a very popular opinion but I saw the queues, 3,000 or more people at the Capuchin Day Centre in uh, Dublin uh, this week. Now they were queuing for, they, they, gave, they give out the Christmas vouchers on this particular week every year and that queue they give out food every week but the week that they give out the Christmas vouchers, the numbers absolutely swell. Anyway, Maura says I simply do not accept that all those people are that badly in need. Surely some are taking advantage of the system where no criteria is applied. It's, could it be the same with penny dinners? The government have handed out billions of euro in budget funding, be it cost of living, extra cost of living payments. They've gave double child fare double child benefit. There's been double Christmas bonuses. They've given out electricity energy allowance, allowances. The media is dominated by left-wing advocates looking for more and more handouts for people, while businesses are crying out for workers. My family who live in the UK and in Europe are absolutely amazed at the level of welfare supports that we give in this country. What about the people who get up early every single day and are working their butts off? Maybe we'll just join the queue for all those freebies. And that is from uh, Maura. And uh, yeah, and I know for a lot of those vouchers that, you know, the likes of the Capuchin Day Centre, they take people at face value. If somebody turns up and says, I have a need, you know, they're not means testing them. They're not asking them to show their bank accounts. They're not asking them what's going on at home. They just accept that people only come when they really need to come. Are there scammers in the midst of that? There probably are some. A lot of people commenting on the very, very generous donation by J.P. McManus yesterday to the GAA. Finbar and Bantry says, well done to J.P. and McManus. Now, now, please, could the GAA show all the matches for free? Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? I wonder how the GAA would react to that. And then someone else says, is that a million for every county? Yes, every county. And we are 32 county when it comes to the GAA. So 32 million euro in total was sent out in envelopes yesterday and arrived, a cheque arrived for one million to each of the county board uh, officials. Someone else says by text, why should JP McManus donate money to things the government should be funding? It's his money. He's entitled to spend it as he likes. And Willie says, a fantastic gesture by JP McManus. Look at all the kids and the clubs that will benefit. I say to JP has looked after a lot of charities over the years and nobody simply knows about it. There's a lot of charity work done on the quiet. Fair play to him and his family in this country. What is it? Isn't it always the begrudgers? And that's from Willie. And Pat in from Moy says, we know JP McManus is a very generous man and none of us know how much he has given to charity on the quiet. He possibly has given money to the organisations like the Societies of Vincent de Paul and the Lions Club that was mentioned earlier. And then I'm hearing this morning that some GAA clubs in Cork and in Dublin, uh, as they have the largest number of clubs, are unhappy as they won't receive as much money as some of the smaller county clubs uh, will uh, will. Pat and Fomoy says to them, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. 
that comes to mind for Pat in for Moy. Okay, uh, that's some of your calls and comments. Keep them coming. 0818103103. Today is our final day. Uh, giving you a chance to win with C103's Christmas Covered, your final chance to win a €500 Super Value gift card. We have to date given away €4,500. We have the last 500 to give away uh, today. Eileen Murphy in Watergrass Hill was our winner yesterday. Will you be joining the list of winners that I have in front of me here in the studio? I'd love to be writing your name up on the board after six o'clock tomorrow. At some stage today, I will give you the queue to text or WhatsApp. You'll need to text or WhatsApp your name and address. Only do it though when I give you the queue to text and WhatsApp because if you do it earlier you won't be entered into the draw. One listener will join me on air. Answer a uh, question. Get that question right and you become today's uh, qualifier and go forward to the draw that's made with Martina after six and your chance to win the very final 500 euro festive shopping spree. C103's Christmas covered with Super Value gift cards perfect for every occasion. They're available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message. You simply search Super Value gift cards. Now I'll come back to I can see a lot of texts and comments coming in about uh, JP McManus and his generous donation to the GAA. Keep them coming. I will come back to them. But I want to move to a different topic because we had a number of listeners yesterday contacted us who were shocked to read uh, on the front page of yesterday's Irish Examiner that the Cork-based Victims of Crime Service is to shut down because of a cut in their funding. Sally Handlin is the founding member and the director of services at Support After Crime and uh, Sally joins me. Good morning to you, Sally. Good morning. Now, I've spoken with you many, many times over, I think, the last 17 years since you you set up this organisation. This is devastating uh, news. When did you hear that the funding had been pulled by the Department of Justice? Really, they have... um, we, We got the final word in November that they wanted us to wind up, that they weren't going to fund any further. They, we had an idea from January. Now, bearing in mind that we went in this time last year, we went in on a very healthy uh, bank balance because we were minding it to the uh, new year. We had asked for additional funding to uh, make the room where we see our people and nice and pleasant and comfortable. And they gave us that money. Great. You know, um, so like we have supplied our accounts, audited accounts, on time. We've complied in every manner that we can with the Department of Justice. But I think in January, when they notified us they were doing an on-site visit, that they had their minds made up. And at that on-site visit... Did they highlight things to you that they weren't happy with or things you could change? Well, their first uh, comment was that we hadn't uploaded our accounts to the CRO since 2017, which was proven incorrect to them there and then by our auditor. Um, They went through the the referrals, people using the service. That was their big bone of contention. Like, their idea is that if a person uses the service once, if they come, their first visit is their only one to be recorded, not the other 20 visits they may have while they're waiting for a court case. 
But but surely everyone is individual. I I might only need your services mm-hmm, mm-hmm. five or six times. Whereas John Paul, if something happened to him, he might not, might need to go in double the amount of times. Yes. Every, everyone is different. Everybody, Everybody reacts different. different. They do, and that's what the service was there for. You know, uh, the instant and independent audit auditors down in July, who went through everything with a fine tooth comb had nothing positive to say, not a word positive, other than the referrals again. So they cut our referrals by two-thirds. So therefore they made it uh, not value for money. So they made it look like there's very few people using the service when the reality is very different. The reality is very different. And I mean, it breaks my heart to think the service isn't there for people. Because... I mean, people need support. They need somewhere they're able to go and discuss their situation and do it in confidence and do it where they're comfortable and feel safe. And, you know, you, you gain their trust and they discuss the issues. And bearing in mind again, which they dismiss, so you have a victim, the primary victim, but the rest of the family are also affected. So you may have other family members coming with them or separately in relation to that one crime. And, you and are, you've you been offering the, the family members support as well? If they if They, they need it, it, yeah. If they need it, yes. And in many cases, they take it. Uh, and, and we were glad to give it. You know, uh, now they have responded. I did an interview with Red FM yesterday morning. Yeah. And they responded back to say that, excuse me, that there was governance issues that there was uh, expenditure issues, uh, record-keeping, which we thought we'd get five stars on, and um, service provision. What was the last one? Service provision. Service provision. And that goes back to them saying you're not seeing as many people. But you're disputing that because you say... That when people come for their second, third, or fourth meeting, yes, they're indeed. they're not counting that in. And it, you, I'm right in saying that you've accompanied people to court. We do, yeah. Because that going to court is a, can be a hugely intimidating experience for right. somebody who has never stepped foot inside in a courthouse. So I think your service there, you obviously talk the person through what they will expect to see and hear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You and at no stage do you coach them in any way because their evidence is their statement that they've already made. So it's ensuring that they have they're entitled to a copy of their statement before they go into court from the guard, and you know making sure that they're because the statement may have been made three four years ago, and yet that their evidence is based on that. So again, those little tips going in, being with them in the courtroom. Um, you know, just being a presence for them there, that they know that somebody on their side. Yeah, and I also know how important the victim impact statement is. Yes. And while yes. you, you can't put words in anybody's mouth, no. you've been really able to help somebody in how to formulate. I mean, I, I, you know, I've read over the years many fantastic victim impact statements and I often think, God, I, may I never have to do one of them, but I wouldn't have a clue where, where you would start. Whereas no. y- you would be able to guide somebody in how, how to put that together. Yes, and what they can include. Oh, that's important, you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, say, if, if the person is charged with 
just had five counts of sexual assault, right? It, the, the, the victim must stick to those five counts. They can't go into anything else. They Even though yes. there might have been other oh, yes. incidents. Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Yes. So it's those are the tips that we would have been giving and, you know, and, and wholeheartedly giving them. And I think the victim impact statements are so important. But it's, it's soul destroying. And now that after they're putting us through a year of waiting, 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 complying, begging, then this put out that spin that there was so much wrong. And, you, and you're, you're disputing anything that they're saying is wrong? I am. And at the end of the day, we're not talking about millions to run your service, Sally. Not at all. 165,000. Yeah, like to you or I, 165,000 is a lot of money. But in the scheme of things from the Department of Justice, it's, it's, it's a very small amount, isn't it? It is. And I mean, we were so proud of ourselves. We have an excellent auditor. Um, and we were so proud that we had everything. As I say, when they came down and they requested the different things, we had everything. And we thought we were going to get a glowing report. Unfortunately, we didn't because they had another agenda. Uh, well, that, yeah, that's how. And you feel that agenda was there. Now, they'll dispute that and they'll say, look, they, that they went through it with a fine tooth comb. But I'm also thinking 165,000 when you look at the amount of money that's spent um, free legal aid, which oh is for. Oh, my God. Which is, for, which is for the other side. Yes. And that's not questioned at all. Yeah. And no. is there any is uh, is there any similar service? I mean, when when you, you're due to close at the end of the year or the or January, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. What what happens then in in February to a victim of crime? Will they have anyone that will be able to help them out? You see, there are specific services for sexual crime and domestic crime. Okay. And there's excellent services for them, uh, based right around the country. But for general crime, for the burglaries or the assaults or the thefts or malicious damage, criminal damage, there's nothing. So I just hope that they have their ducks in a row and that they would have something in place as soon as, as good as we had been providing. Okay. All right. Um, We've contacted... um the Department of Justice waiting on a statement, but no doubt we'll get the same statement that uh, you got you got yesterday. Yeah, you got the um, same oh, and and I mean you don't. I mean I know a lot of of uh, your workers are volunteers. And there's only is there only two full time staff. We we had two full time staff. We got a third girl at the end of September. Uh, we're twenty three now. Twenty two, um, a part time staff. But like again, they're out of work. Have, they're out of work, yeah. But it, it's just, I think that, you know, if everything is given in a negative light, it, it, it's horrible because we had so many phone calls yesterday from people who used the service who could only say the best that it wouldn't have managed without it. Yeah. And, and we were so glad because you met the nicest of people at their most vulnerable. And you, and, were, you and, were able to, and you were able to help them. All right, yeah, okay, well, let's, well, let's, 
Well, let's hope the powers that be will change their mind on this one. No, it, it they just, won't. No, well, then no. I, it just seems very and and it seems penny pinching. The fact that the money is, you know, if you were sitting here saying to me, "Oh, it's twenty million euro a year," you kind of say, "Oh, maybe they don't have the money," but it just seems to be uh, penny pinching. All right, no. listen, um, Sally, thank you for joining us today, and indeed over the last seventeen years, you've always been uh, great. And look after yourself. I will, and Patricia, happy Christmas to you and all your listeners okay. and your family. Many happy returns. Many happy okay. returns. Bye-bye. That Thanks. is uh, Sally Handler. That really is uh, heartbreaking uh, news. And anyone who's ever used support after crime uh, will talk about that they only got through it because of the likes of Sally and her uh, volunteers. But the powers that be will wait and see what the Department of Justice come back with. They've decided not, I suppose, not good value for money. I, I, I really can't understand it. We'll, we'll await their response. And by the way, we're also uh, waiting a response uh, yesterday on the, the, the Shirkin bus we got on to the National Transport Authority because it's up to them to uh, replace and give a new bus to uh, Shirkin Ireland and we're still awaiting a response from them as well. It was revealed this week that a Russian submarine which positioned itself directly outside the entrance to Cork Harbour was chased off by a British helicopter and warship because our depleted Navy does not have the equipment to detect potential underwater threats. Senator Gerard Crockwell, who is, of course, a former member of the Defence Forces, uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Gerard. Good morning. Can you, uh, good morning to your listeners. You're, you're, you're welcome. Now, just to get some background to this story, what is known about this incident? Because I believe it didn't happen last week. It happened about six months ago. That's correct. And I, I think very little is known. Um, somebody suggested to me the other day that uh, if we ask the Department of Foreign Affairs, they'll tell us that the submarine was outside the 12-mile limit. And of course, Patricia, as anybody in Cork knows, we have no sonar, so we don't know uh, how close that submarine came. Indeed, it could have sailed right up the lee for all we know. Uh, and um, it's a shocking state of affairs and it's a sad state of affairs that a minister from Cork was in charge of the Defence Forces for the last best part of the last 14, 15 years and Hall Bolan is becoming a, a ghost uh, area for ships. There were nine ships there nine years ago. There are two now that are serviceable and it's a terrible indictment on our state. And that 12 mile limit that you mentioned, that's important because the Russian submarine wouldn't have been breaking international laws by positioning itself just outside that 12 mile limit. Isn't, isn't that correct? That's correct. All ships have the right of passage through international waters, and uh, that includes submarines, so it would not have been a problem. But of course, we don't know where it was. All we know is, and we assume at this stage, that the British uh, identified this submarine and that they called in their own people uh, to look after um, the warship and helicopter that was involved. Um, which is really rather frightening um, when you think about the world we know now live in, and it doesn't matter whose submarine it is, uh, coming into our, anywhere close to our country is simply something we should not be able, have to accept or be able to accept. Why would a Russian submarine want to be so close to Ireland? Well, all we've got to do is look at the undersea cables that there are passing through the Irish economic zone, and uh, 
something close to 97% of all of the data that is transferred between the United States and Europe passes through the Irish Economic Zone. Uh, so any bad actor or good actor, for that matter, uh, will want to uh, have access to and see what's going on under the sea around the Irish coast. And it is it is rather frightening that we're in a situation where we have no real oversight of the cables that are passing through our economic zone. Our Navy do a fantastic job, but they now only have two ships. And with two ships, what can they do? Yeah, and and we are an island nation. We have the whole, you know, we have the whole island uh, to uh, to, uh, to protect. And the the Russians would be very aware that our navy do not have the the capability. Absolutely, you can be assured that the Russians are probably listening to this broadcast as we speak. They are 100% aware of our limitations. They are 100% of our disregard for security and all things security. Indeed, only recently, the government has announced that they're willing to appoint a foreigner to the head of intelligence for Ireland. It is absurd beyond belief that we would think in these terms. I see Republicans talking about, isn't it great that the RAF and the British Navy are there to support us? This is outrageous stuff. Really, really, as a, a nation state, a republic that people died to create, uh, we have let it run to wreck and ruin from a security perspective. And when the, the British military um, came in to, to chase the Russians away, d- did they need permission to come into our airspace to, 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 to get rid of the submarine? You would think that they... That they they did. You would think that it would be illegal for them to fly in our airspace. Um, and this is a matter that's currently before, before the High Court. And uh, unfortunately, I am uh, the plaintiff in that case. And um, I'm prohibited from speaking too much about it. But yes, you would expect that our airspace and our sea space uh, is, you can have passage through the sea, um, providing you're going from A to B. Uh, you can't loiter there. And um, with respect to our airspace, you do need permission to fly in our airspace. OK, and the Irish Navy, I'm, I'm also right in saying, I was, I was trying to read up something about this this morning before I came in air. We did have sonar equipment, didn't we, at one stage? We, there, there was a time where we could have picked up that submarine. Absolutely. I mean, sonar is uh, about 100 years old or thereabouts at this stage. And the Irish Navy did have sonar. Indeed, the Irish Air Corps had jets uh, and we have allowed it to go to the situation it's currently involved in. And we, uh, you know, if you look at the one ship that could take helicopters, the Etna, uh, it is now scrap, uh, along with two other ships. Uh, For naval people in Cork, and Cork has a real affinity with the sea and with the Navy, and indeed your own programme is a great uh, advocate for all things naval and all things military. Uh, It must be breaking people's hearts in Cork to see what has become of what was once an extremely proud um, uh, force. And uh, in fairness to the flag officer in all Boland, he is an exceptionally hard-working man trying to save what he can. He and his senior officers, senior NCOs and and, uh, ratings, all great people, but being grossly let down by the state they serve. Well, I think you're you're 
your statement on we had nine uh, ships nine years ago and we're now we're now down to two uh, so it, it sums it up somebody says are we also vulnerable in the air we don't have fighters yet Absolutely. I mean, there is historical evidence, recent historical evidence um, to show that any time we are buzzed by um, an unfriendly uh, source, we rely on our near neighbours to look after that for us. We have no we have no sight. We don't even know if anybody is up there. If you turn off your transponder either at sea or in the air, we don't know you're there. Thankfully, the British do. Uh, so do the French and so do most other countries. If you take Finland, a country the same size as ours, roughly with the same GDP as ours, they have fleets of fighter jets, they have fleets of naval ships and they keep their military up to speed. Up until recently, they were a neutral country. And if we're talking about neutrality, we should be capable of knowing what's going on within our own airspace, within our own economic zone. And sadly, we don't and we depend on others. My colleague Cahill Berry refers to the, the Irish attitude to security as freeloading on the goodness of our, our neighbours. Wow. All right, listen, Gerard, we leave it there. Th- thank you for that and uh, thanks uh, for joining us and have a happy Christmas if I don't get to speak to you before Christmas. But thanks for joining us this morning. Many happy returns, Patricia, to you and your listeners. Thank God you. Bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Independent Senator Gerard uh, Crockwell, uh, who also wears the hat of being a former member of the uh, Defence uh, Forces. Somebody says, uh, Patricia, surely the best thing uh, to do would be uh, let our, let's just pack in the Irish Navy and ask the British to patrol the waters like what they are already doing with their RAF looking after and patrolling our skies. Let them patrol our waters as well. Now, some of your calls are coming into us throughout the morning. Uh, still getting a lot of people uh, talking about JP McManus and his very generous donation, 32 million euro he sent out in the post. Checks for 1 million to every single uh, county uh, board. Somebody says, good luck and thanks to JP McManus. He didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to give a single cent. Maybe he's a wiser man than we actually realise. Yes, there is criticism that he could be paying his tax here, but what would that do? It would give more money to the government to waste on our behalf. It's his money at the end of the day to do it as he wishes. And maybe he would pay his taxes uh, if this government spent the money more wisely. Maybe he's the wiser man, says this uh, texter. Somebody else then agrees with Maura, who contacted us, and uh, she said she was looking at the queues outside the Capuchin Day Centre in Dublin earlier this week, where over 3,000 people turned up uh, this for the weekly handout of food. But the reason that it was so busy this week is this is the week where they hand out uh, of, of food vouchers for next Christmas. I, I'm, I'm assuming there's some kind of vouchers that can be used in stores. Maybe I'm not, I'm not quite sure what the vouchers are, but uh, they always get an increase in their numbers and Maura reckoned that not everybody in that queue needed the help and there were some people abusing that service and similar services like it, like Penny Dinners and Vincent de Paul and Lions Clubs, uh, etc. Well, this list, no name on this thing. I agree with uh, Maura. Those charities that are handing out uh, freebies are wide open to abuse. Then they are saying, the, and then the same people are asking the government for more. This is going, and all of that money just comes from the taxpayer. JP McManus can do what he wants with his money. And that politician who says he should pay his 
It was Jennifer Whitmore that he'd be more in his line to pay his taxes here. She should keep her comments to herself with somebody else agreeing that some of the charities, and as I say, you know, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Will there always be people who try to scam the system? Of course there'll be, but you just like to think with all of those great, great charities that we have, that the majority of people really are genuine and genuinely in need. Hi, Patricia. I come from the Midlands area of this country and my little rural counties GAA clubs, I can tell you, have very little cash. My county hasn't won the All-Ireland since God was a boy. So it's harder to get much interest in any significant sponsorship at any level. When I moved to Dublin and then subsequently to Cork years ago, I was astounded at the available supports to clubs and to teams, particularly in the cities. JP McManus has offered an amazing uplift to all clubs all over the country. And it is true that the small rural clubs will receive a much better benefit than the more prosperous city clubs and clubs from big successful counties. And maybe that's exactly what J.P. McManus's intention was. He has offered a rare opportunity to those small, struggling rural clubs. And may I just offer a huge thanks to this very generous benefactor on making this unexpected uh, Christmas gift. Yeah, and J.P. McManus in the letter that he sent out to all of the clubs is adamant. And th- there's even, uh, there, there's also another letter in with it showing compliance and show how they must uh, divide up uh, the club but he says in the original uh, letter that the money must be divided amongst all of the GAA, Camogie and Ladies Gaelic Football uh, clubs. So the smaller clubs in the smaller counties are the ones certainly that financially will do better. But I think that listener sums it up to some of those very, very small uh, clubs. This would be a huge, huge uh, boost for them. Someone else says, thank you for your text. Someone else says, he gave the money to the wrong people, says this texter. GAA have enough money. He should have given it to the needy or given it to hospitals. Hospitals could have bought equipment with it. He's given a lot of money to hospitals, can I say, over the years, particularly in uh, Limerick. But anyway, um, I, I thank you for your comment. Hi, Patricia. I think JP McManus can do whatever he wants with his money. Remember, the GAA will give young people an interest and keep the GAA culture alive. It's a very, very generous contribution. It makes a change from the doom and the gloom we are constantly listening to. In fairness, the government gave out and handed out huge social welfare benefits with regards to the cost of uh, living. So more has been done for those that are in need. Someone else says, if all the begrudgers did half of what JP and his family have done around Limerick, then they then they could moan. If the rest of the wealthy helped like he and his family have uh, done, instead of criticising when the man decides to help out. And this time he's not just keeping the money for the Limerick area, he's giving it out nationwide. John says Patricia J.P. McManus can do what he likes it's his money at the end of the day but it's a pity he couldn't give it to people who really need it the most the GAA according to John are a hungry organisation when will they pay their players for example like the soccer players get paid and it's an amateur sport John I don't know if we would ever see that happening in our uh, lifetime someone else this is a West Cork listener says Patricia rich people only donate large amounts of money to avoid paying taxes on it and simply a PR 
exercise. Oh, isn't that person just so kind and so nice and so on. And yes, how about donating to an animal charity even? Dogs have been shot. Why? Because they're no longer wanted. The human race is embarrassing. The GAA are already rich rich enough, says a West Cork listener. Very much against. And I'm sure JP McManus has probably been very generous to animal charities in his area or not because we get to hear the big donations and the big jobs that he does but we never hear about the small charitable donations that he also makes. Joe says it makes me mad to hear anyone today complaining about JP McManus. I am a good cork supporter. But if they only went over the border and stayed around the Charleville area and see the work that JP McManus has done for the area it just makes me so uh, mad. If we had a fingernail of a JP McManus in Cork, we would be flying it too. Yeah, there's probably a level of uh, jealousy. And I do know around the Charleville area and a lot of people from Cork will benefit uh, because of the St. Joseph's Foundation, which is in Charleville. And, you know, my own daughter is under the auspices of St. Joseph's Foundation. But of course, St. Joseph's Foundation also reaches out into Limerick as well. And they have been... um, JP McManus has been extremely generous to that organisation over the years when they've applied. I mean, there's a hydrotherapy pool that was only built because of funding from JP McManus. This came from the Pro-Am and then Liskinet, which is a wonderful, wonderful facility uh, for people with uh, autism. Uh, it's an equine centre. It's just amazing. Again, as a direct result of funding that came from the JP McManus uh, fund. So yes, he does amazing. He really does amazing uh, work. Uh, where is Cork's J.P. McManus? There's plenty of wealthy Cork men around the world. Yeah, Wouldn't we all love J.P. McManus. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could uh, find one that would be as generous as J.P. McManus. I mean, you've got wealthy people and they just hang on to the money and you kind of wonder why are they hanging on to the money? They can't take it with them. So I just think it's always great when I see these. Uh, that's one of the reasons I would love to be very, very rich because I think I would spread a lot of joy and a lot of happiness because, you know, You can only spend so much in a lifetime, so spread it around. So well done to JP for that. He certainly is of a very, very generous nature, as indeed all of his family seem to be as well. 0818 103 103. Your thoughts and comments welcomed. I don't know if you were watching Virgin Media News last night with Paul Byrne. There was just a gorgeous story on it. And I see Ralph Regan in the Irish Independent is picking up on it. And this was a story actually that we spoke about uh, during the year. It's a man who has lived for more than seven years in an abandoned slaughterhouse. Uh, has said Christmas came early. He has secured his forever home. It's John O'Donnell. He's a 63-year-old who yesterday fought back tears as neighbours and the community and campaigners organised a kind of a very special festive celebration to mark his first Christmas uh, in his new Cork uh, property and I quote from John he said I don't know what to say it's the most amazing Christmas uh, ever and yesterday he was presented with gifts I saw a gorgeous hamper being handed in to him and he was serenaded with Christmas uh, carols outside his new front door it was the school choir from the Terence McSweeney Community College they came down uh, to sing carols uh, for him now John O'Donnell is not only set, set to spend his first Christmas in his new home it's in Ma- Madden's building, but he's enjoying uh, life in his first ever privately owned home. Isn't that incredible? 62 years of age 
and he are 63 years of age and he's never had a front door that he could put a key in and say this is my own uh, home because he came up through the industrial uh, schools and uh, then he started working in the abattoir in Cork and he was there for decades and while he was there and I don't know what happened but his personal uh, circumstances worsened while he was working in the abattoir so he ended up sleeping in the slaughterhouse canteen. I'm, I'm assuming that the owners knew what was going on and he'd sleep in the canteen every night and then he'd be up and ready and do his day shift in the factory and everybody would go home and then he he lived out his days in the canteen while he was at work. But then the plant closed down about seven years ago and John found himself with nowhere else to go so he decided he'd stay on in the abandoned uh, factory and uh, for the past four decades the plant was the only home he had ever known. And he said his only comfort in life was his little pet uh, dog. Now, his plight was highlighted thanks to Paul Byrne of uh, Virgin Media News during the year. And I remember we were all, everyone, our jaws were to the floor when we saw the living conditions that Paul, he, he thankfully allowed Paul to go in and film his living conditions. Now, I know Paddy O'Brien advocate for older people he got involved uh, as well and there was this big uh, campaign and I remember speaking to Paul Byrne Paul himself was absolutely shocked uh, when he saw the conditions that John was uh, living uh, in as was uh, Paddy O'Brien who said he just couldn't believe that a a 63 year old man was living like this in uh, 2023 there was a leaking roof it was damp there was mould all over the place it was just in complete disrepair I mean it was an abandoned factory so if you didn't see the video footage, you can just imagine what his conditions uh, were like. So now he's got a new home, his forever home. It was organised in conjunction with Cork City Council and it's at Madden's Buildings in Black Rock, which of course is one of the most historic uh, structures in the Cork uh, suburbs. The house for John has been fully uh, refurbished and uh, he, he he actually didn't only move in yesterday, he got the keys in uh, June and uh, he said, I was 40 years in the old place, that was in the abattoir. He says it was tough He said, I used to walk around the fields. And then he said, I wasn't lonely, to be honest. I just got used to it. But he said, it was very, very cold. God help him. Uh, When John's plight uh, was highlighted earlier this year, he simply said, and I remember this was the line that really struck me at the time. He said, I don't want to be a bother to anyone. Like if it isn't too much trouble. I'd, I'd love a little house of my own but he straight away was jumping in said, you know, I don't want to be a bother to anyone and God help him. Uh, he received a very warm welcome from the Madden's building community. They're a wonderful bunch of people who live in the Madden's uh, building. They've been inviting him over for tea and he's interacting with the neighbours and I heard him saying yesterday the neighbours across the road there's a couple across the road who are great to him. There's a little Christmas tree gone up and he's got the property festooned with Christmas uh, lights and he said yesterday to Paul when he was uh, chatting with uh, Paul on TV that he got his first ever Christmas card. God help him. God help him and he's now looking forward to Christmas and he's particularly looking forward to the festive season because he will have warmth and he'll have a little bit of comfort. Oh, you just you can't wish that man nothing but peace, tranquility and a long, long life ahead of him. I really hope he lives to a ripe old age in the comfort of his home in Madden's building. But well done to everybody who got involved uh, to help out uh, John. And I did hear Paddy O'Brien say he's fearful that there could be more Johns that we just don't know about. I mean, if Paul Byrne hadn't found out about uh, John and gone and filmed him and gone and highlighted the story, poor John O'Donnell would be spending 
you know, another Christmas in that slaughterhouse. But it's a, it's just a happy and a good news story uh, for uh, Christmas. Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. Somebody says hi, Trisha. Madden's buildings is in Blackpool. Did I say Black Rock? Sorry, it is in Blackpool. Yes, of course, it is in Blackpool. Uh, and wonderful community uh, there who are very much wrapping their arms around John and looking after him as as it should be. You can text our WhatsApp to oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. C one zero three jobs. A cleaner is wanted in MICC school, that's in Dunmanway. Now it's a Monday to Thursday position from 4pm to 8pm and then Fridays it's from 1 to 5. CVs please to david.hayes at a-p-l-e-o-n-a dot com. A cleaner is wanted for four hours uh, per evening in another school in uh, Dum. Oh, it's the same school, sorry. Uh, this time it's breather.marisi at A-P-L-E-O-N-A dot uh, com. Capita Customer Solutions in Clonakilty. They've got a vacancy for a customer service agent. CVs, please, to ccscareers at capita.com. EPS have vacancies for qualified electricians that's based in West Cork. Training and upskilling opportunities will also be uh, provided. You can email jobs at epswater.com or call them at 022 31200. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. Now, yesterday I spoke with Anne Dempsey of Senior Line, who told us about the number of older people who will be lonely this Christmas. And she said 50% of those who contact Senior Line say they dread the festive season and they just wish it could all be over. Brenda Kilkenny, my next guest, retired uh, recently, a number of years ago, and he discovered retirement wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. But he decided to do something about it. And he joins me to share what he says is his five-point plan to overcome loneliness and social exclusion. Good morning to you, Brendan. Uh, good morning, Patricia. Good morning to the people of Cork as well. Well, it's lovely It's lovely to talk to you. Now, you, your backstory is that you worked in the civil service for 30 years and then you decided to retire. Now, you did retire uh, a little bit uh, early, living in, in Dublin. At the time, were you looking... I've still done 40 years. 40 years. Were you looking forward to your retirement? Yeah, I've done 40 altogether in my life. You know, 30 in the civil service. Basically, I'd done my stint 40 years. I had no fear of retirement, despite what people say about it. I retired in the middle of COVID, but um, my eyes were opened because COVID has changed everything. And basically, I thought my social life was linked with my work. So I thought when I retired, I'd be going out with the gang every Friday night like I was at work. But they're now in the office one day a week. They're not there on a Friday Everything has totally changed. There's not 370 there every day at all. So I had a wonderful two and a half years playing pitch and put, listening to all the records I never had time to listen to, read all the books I never had time to read. But there was something major missing. My mojo was gone. The Brennan Kilkenny who set up and ran 12 friendship clubs back in the 90s, who was a DJ on seven radio stations and who was asked by the 370 people to go around every Friday and basically um, uh, do the tea party speeches uh, when people were leaving. 
that was all gone. And I was now, it was all now up to myself, just one person. And it was too much for me, it was. Yeah, and, and and after the initial sort of excitement of, oh, I've all this time uh, on, yeah. on my hands, was it because you think of COVID that that made that worse? The it probably it, it, it probably was in the sense that I lost social life with my workmates that I would have continued with them. But to be honest with you, um, I think that basically I... I it was a perfect storm. It was there was COVID. There was basically an extrovert person who was suddenly by himself all the time during the week, through no fault of his own. And basically speaking, um, I hadn't thought of that. I knew I had the hobbies. I knew I could afford to retire. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And I knew it was at peace with myself, but I never realized that the effect of not having hundreds of people around me like I used to would have on me because I'm a very gregarious, outgoing Yeah, you're, 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 you, you sound very much like a social butterfly and suddenly yeah, yeah. your wings uh, were, were clipped. And that's where the loneliness uh, sets in. And do you feel in some way that it was actually starting to affect your physical health? See, it's very interesting you say that because people always talk about the psychological, the mental aspect of, of it as regards lack of self-esteem, uh, lack of confidence. But uh, I've been on national radio television um, last week and on national television, I was sitting beside a woman, a Professor Roseanne Kenny, who has written books on ageing and the physical effects of loneliness, etc., and the stuff that she said, Patricia, frightened me. Everything from heart attacks, strokes, all kinds of things. The body changes physically as well with this yearning for being around people. It has an effect physically. So basically, uh, when I heard her, I was so glad, Patricia, that I got out of the two and a half years where I was trapped. And um, But the great thing for people that are listening in Cork is, Brendan got out of it, and if you're listening and you are in that trap, I have a five-point plan before this interview finishes to get you out of this. This is not going to be just a talking shop with Patricia. It, I believe action speaks louder than words, and because I've got out of it, I could be selfish and say, 
Oh, right. we were we were worried about this because um, Brendan is on a bus. Are you still with us, Brendan? Just when he's getting to his five point plan, are you still with us? Uh, no, okay. John Paul's going to try and ring him back. He's unfortunately just as we started the interview, he had to uh, get on a bus. He's in Bray. We were hoping that the signal uh, would hold up uh, for us. But it is okay. John Paul is trying to get back uh, through uh, to uh, him. Okay, um, let's wait and see can uh, John Paul uh, get through to him. While I'm waiting for John Paul to see if he can track him down, uh, can I just say to you that yesterday there was, and I don't, I think it came through as a WhatsApp. So if it's a WhatsApp, it's going to be harder for me to find because you can imagine the hundreds upon hundreds of WhatsApps that we get into the program every day. But I've just spotted a text in from a listener to say, uh, I only heard part of your show yesterday. There was a mention of a listener who was using a, sh- a sleep machine and was able to get a replacement mask. I didn't hear the end of the story, but I have a new mask that's not being used. They send me one every year in the post. So I've got a few spare ones if that person needs it or were they looking for more information. No, they're actually, they're looking for a mask. So if the, it was a gentleman, I remember contact, Shay, it was Shay, I remember the name. So if Shay is listening, Shay, can you just send me a quick WhatsApp and I can put you in contact with this listener and we'll see if we can organise getting that mask back to you. Am I on two or four, John Ball? Two. Okay, I'm told Brendan is back. Uh, you're back with us, Brendan. Yeah, uh, that's I, I'm okay. On, I'm on a bus. And you're on a bus. You're okay. You're okay. Radio, you know? You're okay. So, so we, 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 we'll yeah. get into we'll get into we'll this before it goes. Yeah, okay. Because I because I think the important thing about the five point plan is your main message today is nobody's going to knock on Brendan's door, door. or anyone no. else's door and no. say, "Come out! There's a big, beautiful world out here. I'm going to show you." You've got to go yeah. out and find it yourself. I mean, that's your main yeah. message. Yeah, you basically um, you've got to be proactive. Um, I um, No one knocked on my door. I had to change my whole life around by getting out there. And the five-point plan, the great thing about it is that you can hit lucky with just one of them. You don't have to go through the whole five. But I hit lucky with the first one, which is basically put in a search engine, friendship clubs in Cork or social clubs in Cork. That's number one. Number two, shop windows. Basically, um, if you're lonely, you've lost your confidence, you've lost your mojo, um, you might have the head down because you don't want to make eye contact. When you go out that door, when you're getting a loaf of bread or a pint of milk, I want you to hold your head up high. I want you to, um, when you reach the shop, look up and on the shop window could well be notices about a coffee morning or there could be a poster about a dance. Now, you mightn't be ready for a coffee morning or a dance, ring the numbers up and ask, um, is there anything like having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in the community with a few people? Number three, give a ring to your local Citizens Information Centre. Number four, local organisations are important. Every community normally has a community council or a parish hall or uh, some kind of an organisation like that. Check it out. And number five, very important, even for half a day, volunteering. You can make contacts, get to talk to people, even if you're not earning any money. Yeah, and yeah, and the volunteering. I, I know, for example, we've got wonderful tidy towns groups dotted all over the city and county. Yeah, Great yeah, way yeah. to make friends. We've got fantastic charity uh, shops. Uh, we've got the Meals on Wheels, who are always looking for people. To, there's so many ways. Absolutely. And and you and you feel good about yourself as well. Do you know? When you're do you know what? Back? Do you know what, Patricia? Uh, um, at 
nearly 63, I'm a new man. Basically, the two and a half years where I was more existing than living, that's all gone. I'm a man with a purpose now. I'm, do you know what? And just, just to anyone who's lonely out there, Brendan went weeks. Here's an extrovert person, went weeks without talking to anyone. I'm on the bus back into Dublin now to go to one of the clubs that changed my life. They're having their Christmas party in a big hotel. Brilliant. I'm going to be among 120 people. I want to tell you that if you are lonely out there in Cork, that there is a world full of camaraderie, friendship and warmth waiting for you in 2024. All you've got to do is, one, admit you're a bit lonely, and two, reach out, and there's a whole new world out there for you. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. And your motto is, it's okay to feel lonely, but it's not okay to stay lonely. Absolutely, <laughs> well Patricia. Done. Well done, well done. Listen, Brendan, it was a real pleasure uh, speaking to you. Continued good luck on uh, your journey you on your much. journey of uh, life. Uh, and yeah. thank you for taking time out to talk to us today. And a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everyone in Cork. Many happy returns. Thanks a million, Brendan. Bye-bye. That is Brendan Kilkenny. What a lovely man in Dublin. And actually, when Brendan started to talk about his five-point plan and he said, go into a search engine and just Google social clubs. So while he was talking, I did a quick Google search on social clubs in Cork. And I've come up with, uh, it was an article from the... Cork Bio back in March of this year and it might be something we'll look at getting on the programme. Maybe we mightn't get to it before Christmas but we might get to it uh, in the new year. It is an organ. it's it's online called corkclubs.ie and it's a dedicated website for both young people as well as those who are retired to find something fun and interesting to do and to add excitement uh, to your uh, weeks and it is a one-stop shop and it features over a hundred clubs and societies across Cork where people can find their favourite activities and uh, things to do. Isn't that incredible? We might take a look at that maybe in the new year because I know often in January uh, people find the new year very hard and if they have been lonely and and the new year is kind of a time where people like to take up something or start something. So I, I'm, I give John Paul the heads up on that and we might try and track down the organiser of that. It's a gentleman by the name of Pat Hayes who has set up that website back. And as I say, this is from March of this year. So that that, that particular website may even have grown uh, since then. But thanks to uh, Brenda Kilkenny. Anybody else has suggestions on how you get out of loneliness or if you find yourself in that position where you retire, you've been looking forward to it and then suddenly uh, it isn't all it's cracked up to be. And Amy in Mitchestown says, Patricia, isn't it great to see petrol and diesel prices coming down? Long may it uh, last. Yeah, and I heard Barry on our news reference it uh, earlier this morning as well. They've come down for a third month in a row and the hopes that the reduction will continue into the new year. Price of a litre of diesel fell by nine cent. Petrol went down by eight a cent. That was this month compared to uh, last month in November. Uh, these there are some of the biggest reductions motorists have, have seen in uh, recent years. It's according to the latest AA Ireland fuel price survey. Petrol is now down from that these are average prices obviously they they were hovering at about 180 per litre in November they're down to 172 and diesel has fallen slightly more they were at 181 and they're also down to uh, 172 prices of diesel now down about 13 cents since September and petrol down by the same amount and just 
two months ago. Crude oil prices, of course, surged and that was after the outbreak of the hostilities in in Palestine. And that prompted a fear that we were going to have a huge jump in prices at the pumps. And in September, it did start to go up. There was a litre of diesel back in September was at 185. And it was the same price. Petrol and diesel were coming in at the same price on average 185. But thankfully, crude prices have collapsed in recent months. And that now, the knock-on effect is leading to the lower prices we're seeing at the pumps. AA said drivers will be keeping their fingers and toes crossed that those prices keep uh, dropping. It is well news obviously for the Irish motorists Um, however our prices are still uh, high I mean we saw yearly lows we'd have to go back to May the lowest they were this year was 157 for petrol but diesel back in May was at 147 so we're still quite high uh, compared to that and then uh, crude oil prices continued to fall this month there was so we saw year highs of around $94 a barrel for Brent crude oil at the end of uh, September, but it's now down at $75 a barrel. Remember in October when we were talking about what had happened when the hostility started in Gaza, it was predicted by experts that it would go to that $100 a barrel. And if it did, that was us looking at petrol and diesel prices kind of at the two euro uh, a litre mark. But thankfully that uh, didn't happen. There's still uncertainty about where fuel prices are going to go in the next few months because another thing that's keeping fuel prices down at the moment is the fact that we are having a mild winter and that's keeping crude oil prices down. The AA are saying, look, that we still have the situation going on in the Middle East that's still very unstable. We don't know if Europe is going to get a very cold snap as we go through December and into January. And if we do get a cold snap, that obviously drives up demand and the price goes up with it. But in the short term, uh, AA are saying that we are seeing prices drop and the hope is that that trend will continue into the new year. Fingers and toes crossed, folks. Ours to Protect, brought to you by C103, the IBI, and funded by the Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more info. This week on Ours to Protect, we speak to those cork tree farmers trying to make getting the house ready for the Christmas season a bit more sustainable. An issue that pops up with Christmas trees every day is how short-lived they are. The European Union has pledged to plant an extra 3 billion trees by 2030, but this doesn't include Christmas trees for this reason. Colm Crowley of ChristmasTrees.ie hopes to get around this by offering families the option of renting the same tree year on year. My name is Colm Crowley and I own ChristmasTree.ie. We offer cut trees and we also do pot-grown trees and we rent live trees. We grow a lot of the trees ourselves in West Cork and the cut trees then we source from different places then around the country. There's a sustainability angle to it then would you say yourself? There is for the backgrounds and for the rentals because people can rent the same tree then every year we put a tag we put a number on each tree and this is our third you know renting trees and we have customers coming back now this week renting the same tree that they rented back in Christmas 2021 so the tree stays alive which is something very nice as well. Definitely renting trees is a very sustainable way to do it. I think cut trees and backgrounds trees and renting trees they're definitely definitely getting more popular than the artificial tree i think the artificial tree is definitely on the decline people want the more sustainable option 
and that's something that we offer then. Artificial trees can't be replaced as easily and sustainably as live ones. This advantage is why Pat Lehan of Castle Treasure Christmas Tree Farm thinks there's no comparison between the two options. My name is Pat Lehan and I'm in Castle Treasure Christmas Tree Farm. We had a dairy farm here but now we, we have eucalyptus and Christmas trees and we also have a cattle enterprise. We've been growing trees back west along and carrying places for I think it's around 35 years but in recent years we've been growing all the trees here locally mainly Nordman, that seems to be what people want. It's a very good tree for retention of needles, very good shape, so we've more or less 90% Nordman out this stage. We have some noble fir, the shape isn't quite as good but it has slightly better scent, but the Nordman seems to be the most popular tree because of the shape and the fullness of the tree. It is hard to know really, we're told that the sales for the artificial tree is rising and the sales for the real tree is rising as well, so it is very hard to understand statistics, but we're increasing our sales every year directly from the farm and I think the national figures are showing that there is a steady increase in the natural tree but there's no real comparison between having a natural tree rather than having a piece of plastic. It's nice to come out and pick your own tree in a real Christmas tree farm. It's a very memorable occasion for children and even for adults rather than pulling down a bit of plastic from the attic that might need a good dusting down. I've compared it before to giving a bunch of plastic roses on Valentine's Day. It is the same as pulling out a plastic Christmas tree once a year. I, I don't think there's anything to beat a natural tree for Christmas. There's no doubt. So you can see what all the trees that are growing here now are actually sucking carbon out of the air as distinct from something being being imported from wherever. We replant two trees for every tree that, that's sold in order to maintain the quality of because not every tree is acceptable to the market. So the amount of trees that are grown and the waste trees then are, we cut them up for firewood. So when you have a plantation like this that's actually absorbing carbon on a daily basis, I think there's no comparison. I think that's what sustainability is all about. Growing a live tree accounts for a tenth of the emissions of producing an artificial one. Finton Reardon of Ovens Christmas Tree Farm is employing innovative, environmentally friendly growing methods. I'm Finton Reardon and we're an organic Christmas tree farm. We sell trees out of Centre Park Road and Corbeg ovens just around the corner from the Ballincollig Rugby Club. We have Noble Fir, Nordman Fir and we know Fraser Fir has just come on stream as well. In another couple of years we'll also have Crean Fir, Balsam Fir and a small bit of Blue Spruce as well. They're, they're very popular North American trees so we, we'd love to have a variety of all different types. It just makes it more fun for customers to come out and choose a tree on the farm or down here in Centre Park Road. It is all year around the summertime is just as critical as the harvest season because the trees start growing May and then they harden up around July so we've kind of small window it's all about timing getting everything done at the right time to make sure the trees grow in a nice symmetrical shape obviously you know you don't want them to get too wide you don't want them to get them too tall too stocky so it's very very critical we've also put a lot of work into using more traditional methods for let's say removing herbicides like we've a Shropshire sheet that graze around the trees it was a lot of work at start but it's well worth to know pays off we now work in a much healthier environment and all our surrounding the environment is, is much better as a result as well to learn more about sustainable christmas trees check the show notes of this episode ours to protect brought to you by c103 the ibi and funded by the commission naman with the television license fee check out ours to protect.ie for more info 103's Christmas Covered With Super Value Gift Cards Perfect for every occasion Available in store or online for e-gift cards That can be sent with a personal message Search Super Value Gift Card
And it certainly would feel like Santa Claus will come a little bit earlier if you got a 500 euro super value gift card and that's what's up for grabs. Our final one today, you can stop texting and WhatsApping. We have selected our qualifier today and it's Colin Murphy in beautiful Kinsale. Good afternoon, Colin. Hello to the beautiful Patricia. Thank you very much. <laughs> and is, is it a nice day in beautiful Kinsale today? It's uh, no, it is not. It's Isn't kind of a, uh, it's misty and dreary, but it's oh, getting it? even brighter. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of fog here today. Actually, oh, is so, there? Okay, yeah. it's very mild though, isn't it, for this time of year? It is mild enough though. Yeah. It's mild. You could walk around with a with a. Uh, a light jacket on you. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, I've got a question for you, uh, Colin, okay? Okay. Uh, answer this question. Uh, well, <laughs> we, we'll help you out if you, you need a little bit of help. Okay. okay. The PlayStation 5 games console is made by which company? Is it A, Panasonic or B, Sony? Or Sony. It is, of course. You didn't need any help at all. Well done, <laughs> no. uh, Colin. Okay, um, and obviously in Kinsale, you've, you've, got yeah. a, you've got a really good super value in Kinsale. We do. It's a super one. Is it? Super values are Super values are great. So 500 yeah. should go, go on a long way to getting in all the bits and pieces for Christmas. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Could do it. That's why texting all week. So well, I got lucky today. Well, you Everything got lucky today. Okay, Thank you. stay tuned. And after six today, keep that phone on and charged. Okay. Phone is on and charged, Patricia. <laughs> Thank you and have a wonderful day. And you too. Merry Christmas to you. Awesome. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye bye. Right. Bye Thanks. bye. That is uh, Colin Murphy in Kinsale, our latest qualifier. And now goes forward to the draw. Now we need another qualifier this afternoon with Nick. He'll do it all over again. Martina will do it again, giving you another opportunity to enter. And then someone gets that call back after six when Martina uh, will tell that lucky listener that they have won a 500 euro festive shopping spree for C103's Christmas covered with the Super Value gift uh, cards. They are perfect for all occasion. They're available in store or you can go online for the e-gift cards. And what's great about the e-gift cards is they can be sent with a personal message is simply search Super Value gift cards on a line. So best of luck for everyone for our final day of the C103's Christmas covered. 0818 103 103 John Paul continues to take your calls and some of your calls uh, into us uh, today. Let me take a look at uh, some of uh, your calls that have come in. There was a few there I wanted to touch on. OK, remember we did the victims of crime. Uh, we spoke with Sally Hanlon. And there's some my heart breaks for Sally Hanlon because, you know, that victims of crime group that she set up here in Cork 17 years ago, the work that her and the rest of the volunteers uh, have done. And, and to think now, Department of Justice, in their wisdom, uh, are querying the work that they've done and have decided, no, there's going to be no more funding. Someone has suggested, could a GoFundMe page not be set up for the victims of uh, crime? I'm sure they would raise the money that they need to continue uh, going. Let's not give up just because of what appears to this listener to be a short-sighted government uh, decision. But yeah, I'm hoping that the Department of Justice will somehow change their mind on this one. But yeah, in the meantime, could it go fund me? But you see, the problem with the GoFundMe is you'd have to keep doing it every single year. 165,000, not you or me, none of us have 165,000 uh, lying around unless we're JP McManus. Uh, but, you, you know, you don't want them every single year having to go back out and asking for money and asking for money and asking for money. I'm just hoping that the powers that be 
uh, will see that this is a fantastic service and it has helped so many people. And it's one of those services that you really hope and pray that you're never going to need to use. You just hope and pray that you'll never be a victim of crime and that you would never have to go in and face into a courtroom setting, which has got to be hugely intimidating, and face the person that committed the crime or that you'd never have to put a victim impact statement uh, together just to get over the awful feelings you can have after you've been a victim of crime. And that's where Sally and her group and the great work they've been doing for the last uh, 17 years. So just hopefully the powers that be will see sense that even if they're not going to go down the route of funding this particular organisation, let them see that there is a need for a service uh, like that. 0818 103 103. And then I had a lovely chat with Brendan Kilkenny, that lovely Dublin man, who uh, decided that when he went into retirement, looking forward to his retirement, had great fun for a little while and then decided, oh, this isn't the fun that I thought it was going to be. And he just missed that whole social side of going to work. And I don't think Brendan is on his own when he, when he says that. Like a lot of us socialise through work and, you know, you're meeting people every day and you're chatting to people every day and suddenly all that is, is gone. And if you don't have before you retire, if you don't have other social groups that you can go out with and hang around with and take part in, suddenly it can leave a big, big hole in your life. It's not just the physical job that you've been doing. And that's what Brendan discovered. So he came up with his five point plan, which basically is to reach out and to say, find out what's going on in your area and start to join different organisations, different groups, different charities and start engaging with life and start engaging with the world and make new friends. Alyssa says, please don't call out my name, which is fine, but we managed to survive COVID, myself and my husband, and my husband was back at work. Then unfortunately, he got very sick and he had to go for major surgery. Glad to report that he's all doing fine. But while at home, he was getting very, very uneasy and I could see the sister could see that he was going downhill. He went out and he joined a local men's shed. He's been a new man ever since. And I have heard from other people that I know whose uh, husbands have joined men's shed and all of them talk about what a wonderful, wonderful organisation. And there's lots of men's sheds because I think the men, more so than the women, I'm not saying the women are not lonely, they are, but I think men find it harder to go out there and try to engage and, you know, to try to join an organisation when you're going out there on your own, but men's sheds. That's a good, good uh, suggestion. Actually, for Brendan uh, Kilkenny, I'm assuming in Dublin they've men's sheds as well. Uh, he'd love to take part in a men's shed, but I think he's got, he's so many social groups now he's involved with, he's got enough for the moment. 0818 103 103. Still getting texts and calls in about JP McManus and his very, very generous contribution to the GAA County Board's 32 million was sent out and arrived through the letterboxes. Imagine, imagine opening a, a letter and there's a check inside for one million. I heard one of the county board officials said the first thing he did was he started counting the zeros. He'd obviously never seen a check. Most of us have never seen a check for one million. This sister says, uh, Lister Mitchellstown says, Hi Patricia, my daughter actually got a scholarship from the JP McManus Foundation. It was back in 2012 and only for the money that came through with that scholarship it would have been extremely difficult for her to have attended college. I would like to tell you that she is a doctor today because of the J.P. McManus uh, Foundation. Isn't that terrific? And that's from a listener in uh, Mitchellstown. So it isn't always just Limerick that benefits from J.P. McManus. John and Clannacilty says on J.P.'s donation to the GAA, isn't that great for the GAA? But every day you wake up, your health 
is worth a million dollars or to you. Yeah, that's a good point, John. Every day you can throw your legs out of the bed and you're feeling okay. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, can't do that. Jack in uh, Bantry takes the other view. I fully agree with the listener who says JP McManus will be better off giving the money to charity. That's from Jack in Bantry. There does seem to be a divided view uh, on it. And uh, hi, Patricia. Hope you're keeping well. Fair play to JP McManus. If I was JP, I now would go and take back all of that money because too many people are moaning and groaning and backbiting about it. Do you know what's wrong with those people, says Mary? They're simply jealous. They're jealous of all the good work that JP McManus is doing and has done for charity. Can I wish you all a very Merry Christmas? And that's from Mary who's texting us from Limerick. So she's somebody who really knows the great work of J.P. McManus. Many happy returns uh, to you, Mary. 0818 103 103. John Paul continues to take your calls. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council reminding you to support local when choosing gifts this Christmas. An evening of carols by candlelight. It's featuring Colmore Ella and local talent is going ahead tonight between seven and half past eight in St. Peter's, Peter's Church in Drumaham. There'll be a raffle afterwards in Hickey's Bar. Tickets are 15 euro with proceeds going to Drumaham Community Park. The draw for the raffle for dogs for the disabled will be held in the Townhouse Cafe in Donorail today. Hampers and vouchers to be won. Ballyhooley Church Choir and special guests St. Joseph's National School Choir are presenting Carols by Candlelight. This time it's in Ballyhooley Community Centre. Tonight starts at 8. Tickets €10. Proceeds going to Ballyhooley Community Centre. Lenamore Community are presenting their final show of Treasure Island. Tonight and tomorrow night starts at 8. Admission €10. And please note this is a cash-only event. Fremont Music and Drama Group are presenting a night of music, song and dance and laughter in Fremont Community Centre tonight and tomorrow night. Now the show starts 7.30 each night with proceeds going to Fremont Community and the wonderful Cork Penny Dinners. Bandon's Festive Mingle is taking place at 5 o'clock this evening at Galvin Estate Agency's New Road Bandon. The Elf Trail winner will be revealed and the winner will take home a fantastic tablet. Everyone invited to get together and spread the joy of the season. The wonderful Dermot Lyons is playing in Kebahini Community Centre tonight, dancing from 9, mission 10 euro and the usual teas will be uh, served. You can make your Christmas great with Mallow GAA Bingo tonight. That's at 8 o'clock. And if you're checking with within Chicken Vindaloo, 52 calls. And that's with a jackpot of €7,400. Bingo is on in the store in Kildallery Creamery Yard tonight at 8. Jackpot €3,005. And finally for tonight, a busy, busy community diary for this Friday, Glassling Choir. They're holding their annual Christmas concert in St. Peter's Church in Bandon tonight at 8. Donations will be kindly accepted and the donations are in aid of the Bandon Family Centre. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. John has just been on to us by WhatsApp. Uh, worrying news for people in the Reiner Screener area to say the post office is marked for closure. John says the news only broke yesterday. It's located in the Reiner Screener branch of Lissavard Co-op 
I'm just wondering if you could contact Lizavard Main Branch uh, for comment. Well, what we've done is we're getting on to on post firstly just to see what's going on and, and is it earmarked for closure? Because sometimes rumours can go around and, you know, and it might not be true at all. They might be relocating somewhere else. But leave it with us, uh, John. And uh, we're getting on to on post to see if we can get confirmation of that. But it, it is a worry. I know we only recently had the one in Crosshaven, which is due. We might, we might try and get an update on that as well. That's due for closure at the end of the year and on post in fairness to them are trying to get somebody to take it over but if they can't get somebody to take it over some of these post offices unfortunately close and it's only then communities really realise the service that they have lost that's why use it or lose it we're always always saying it on the victims against crime losing their funding Anthony says is this not typical of what Anthony calls the Department of Injustice, that every ounce of help seems to go to the wrongdoers with multiple, multiple millions of support when you look at things like free legal aid and then when it comes to the victims themselves, they just have to get on uh, with it. Anthony hoping as well that something will happen there. Uh, hi, Patricia. On JP and Nor- Noreen McManus, they give plenty of money to uh, charity. Will you please tell all the moaners and groaners to your programme uh, today to get a, a life? Patricia, you were talking about being lonely earlier on in the programme. Well, I live near a person who I was chatting to yesterday and she started to talk about how lonely she is. Now, for whatever reason, all of her family has fallen out with her. She's nobody to call to her and she's dreading Christmas as she will be on her own. Now, I do a bit of shopping uh, for her because she doesn't have transport. And by the way, she's only in her late 40s. Good God. And she's obviously living in a a rural area. Uh, And I don't know if she listens to the programme or not, but I, I would hope that maybe she picked up something from Brendan's piece. She needs to reach out and try and join social groups, try and, you know, volunteer in her area. And and I know in families, you know, when somebody falls out and people can fall out for the most stupidest of reasons and sometimes rows go on to uh, such a point that you even if you even ask somebody why are you not talking to your sister why are you not talking to your brother they can't even remember what the original argument was about and when it gets to go on and on and on I don't know if she can reach out to her family and see if she can sort out whatever difficulties they've had in the past but if she can't then I will be saying maybe you could suggest to her that she joins you know volunteer somewhere join some social club and I know it's tricky if she doesn't have uh, transport and she's obviously living in a very uh, rural area but maybe see if there's rural transport. I think the one message that Brendan was trying to get across to people was, you know, when he even said nobody, he realised that nobody was going to come knock on his door and say, you know, come out into the world, Brendan, there's a big, beautiful world out there that you have to actually physically go and do it yourself. As he says, it's, you know, it's okay to be lonely, but it's not okay to stay lonely. You have to kind of, and that can be hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It can be really, uh, really uh, hard. Uh, Hi, Patricia, if you get a chance, will you give a mention to a lovely Christmas market that is happening next Sunday between 12 and 4 it's free to come along. Music, drinks, stalls, etc. Where is it on? It's on in the Galti Escape and it is going to be a lovely afternoon for all. Merry Christmas. So if you're on the Galti Escape on Sunday, they have a Christmas market and please do your best to try to support. I, I don't know how many Christmas markets will be going on this weekend, but try and support them. They're wonderful, wonderful occasions and they're great. If you haven't got all of your Christmas presents yet, it's great to go along to a Christmas market and maybe buy something 
whether it's a local artist and producer because you're putting money back into the local economy. And Noreen says, Patricia, will you give a shout out to Munster Lost and Found Pet Helpline? They have wonderful calendars this year that Noreen got a present of during the week. I actually have a copy. They were one of the calendars when we earlier in the month and last month we were asking local charities and organisations to send us in copies of their calendars so that we could give a mention to them. And actually Munster uh, Lost and Found uh, were one of those that sent in and their calendar is absolutely beautiful. And what I love about it, all the photographs on their calendars are taken by the volunteers. They're usually people that have fostered some of these uh, animals and all of the animals uh, featured are a selection of their rescued animals. And of course, Munster Lost and Found Pet Helpline, they are a registered charity. They're based here in Cork and their complete aim is to reunite lost pets with their owners. They have a wonderful free helpline and they have a database of lost and found pets in the Munster region. And so when your pet goes missing, that you find out about the Munster Lost and uh, Pet uh, Service. And they offer advice to people if they've lost their pet. They then go on to arrange emergency shelter when they find a stray animal, try and reconnect it with the owner. But if they can't, they then have, they, they put them up and they're available cats and dogs for uh, adoption. And since they were first established, they reunited hundreds of pets with their owners or else they found a new forever home for some of their pets. They operate mainly throughout Munster region, uh, but their rehoming uh, of animals is uh, throughout the country and they have the most fantastic calendars uh, on sale and the calendars are, as always, it's a fundraiser for the rescue. They're 10 euro each, so you can get a bargain buy of getting two of them for just uh, 16. You can buy them at Abbeville Veterinary Practice in Toker in Carrigaline, Pet Essentials in Carrigaline, Pet Stop and Douglas Village Shopping Centre, Five Point Cafe on McCurtain Street, the Workshop Cafe in Ballygarvan and Bean Town Cafe on the Model Farm Road, if there's any of them left. But they really are wonderful and uh, we wish to continue good luck to the Munster Lost and Found Pet Helpline because they do fantastic work. 0818 103 Word of warning, by the way, if you're still buying Christmas presents, please, please, please beware of scams that are still doing the rounds. And one that I've noticed on Facebook, I copped straight away there was a scam, so I obviously didn't click on it, but it seems hundreds of other Irish commu- consumers have been scammed. It's by a counterfeit website offering well-known perfume brands at extremely cheap prices. Banks now are warning people that if the price seems too good to be true, then it probably is. But unfortunately, many people have fallen victim. It's a website that's made to look like the perfume shop. Now, some ads for the site, for example, you know, like a very popular perfume, say it's normally 70 euro if you were to go into a chemist or if you were to go on to the actual official perfume store or perfume shop. The Perfume would normally be 70, 90. I think the one I was looking at was, it's normally around 90 euro. It's one of my favourite perfumes. And it was on sale for 12 euro. So I knew straight away that there's no way, even with discounts, would the perfume ever be on sale for 12 euro. And what happens is you click on the link, people are directed to a fake website via the social media ads. People then who purchased from the site, guess what? They're not receiving any of the products and many of them then have to go on to cancel their bank 
cards. Perfume shop outlets across Ireland say they're being inundated with calls and they're urging people to please shop from official websites or go physically in person into your local store or into your local chemist. Irish banks have had to refund a number of customers who got cut out by the scam. Now what the fraudsters are doing, they're mimicking genuine websites by advertising the products. Now all of them will be advertised at hugely discounted uh, prices. But the problem is you're never ever going to get the goods. I mean even I thought initially when I saw them that they were knockoffs of the perfume but it seems they're not even that. They're actually that brazen. They're just taking the money. AIB advising customers always ensure that the padlock symbol is on the address bar and also watch out for slight variations in the web address. They're urging customers to contact them as soon as possible if they feel they may have been a victim of the scam. By customers contacting the bank in time, they can endeavour to prevent the fraudulent payment from being processed and in some cases they've been able to get the money back to the customers. Now not unfortunately in all cases. Sometimes it's too late when the person realises it is a scam and the payment has already gone through and now that's the perfume shop a lot of those during the rounds at the moment. But there are also fake sites pretending to be River Island. There's other fake sites pretending to be Dunn stores. All of them have been circulating. And again, the telltale sign is the scammers set it up by convincing people that they're advertising huge markdowns. You know, in some of the cases, they'll say up to 90% off the clothing, shoes and accessories. And they'll do something like they'll say, oh, it's a clearing sale, limited offer, you've got to get in. Their scams do not go near them. And another scam that is worthy of a mention because it's a new one that I haven't heard of before and it has forced Irish undertakers to come out because they've discovered they have become the latest victim of online scams after fraudsters began copying details of live funeral streams and then they're getting people sucked in and they're demanding credit card details. What the hackers are doing is they're copying Facebook pages belonging to genuine funeral directors and these are funeral directors that are showing live streams of a funeral service. The hackers then duplicate the notices of the the death notice and the live screen screens, the live streams. And then they're asking unsuspecting viewers for credit card details in order to continue watching uh, the service. Some undertakers say that they have been contacted by a number of people who had encountered the hackers trying to get them to pass on their credit or debit card details in order to continue watching uh, the funerals. You will never be asked to pay for a live stream of a funeral. And that's, I think, since COVID times, that has become particularly popular now. I mean, I think every funeral I've been to since uh, COVID, there is always the option of it being streamed online. And I do think it's a lovely thing because by streaming it online, it's certainly love, it's, it's certainly wonderful for people to be able to tune in from all over the globe. And, you know, before we never had that access if somebody died uh, abroad, are your family members who can't come home for the funeral or indeed in other parts of, of the country or if you were unwell and you weren't able to go to the funeral, you'd be able to sit at home and watch it. But please Please beware of that. If you're in the middle of watching a funeral being streamed live online, do not pay out any money. They are scam artists. Movie suggestions from Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. Good afternoon, Mark. Oh, hi. (laughs) You're welcome. Now, I'm looking forward to this because I really want to see this movie. This is Wonka. uh, And you went along to see that. And you also went along to say, please don't destroy... 
The Treasure of Foggy Mountain, which is a bit of a mouthful of a name of a movie. Let us start, though, with a quick trailer from Wonka. It's time. Did you always want to make chocolate? When I was your age, I wanted to be a magician. Incredible. Exquisite. The best in the world. Prepare to be amazed. Wonka could change all their lives. You promise? I could do better than that. Now, I suppose for a lot of people, certainly me, I always associate Willy Wonka with Christmas because of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and all of that. Mm -hmm. So this is a brand new movie, Wonka. Now, it's not a remake of the old... It's not a remake, but it is a prequel. Okay, so, so it, it's before yeah. Willy Wonka. So it's the same that. character that Gene Wilder played uh, in okay. uh, the original film. But yeah. he's younger. But very much younger and a very different personality, uh, you know, because uh, the, the, the Willy Wonka one with uh, Gene Wilder, I mean, that uh, Wonka was a strange and very, very twisted man, let's face it. But we don't see that here. We have a very, very different... Life has hardened him. Exactly, yes. Uh, there are hints to it uh, throughout the film as to, to why maybe he uh, changed at some stage. But this is a very naive, innocent, very lovely... Uh, Wonka. Now, the original film with me, I mean, I presume, like you say, you, you regard it uh, very much kind of a Christmas movie. It's a classic. I, and I, I presume you loved it, yeah. Ah, you I loved it. Well, I've, I've never been a huge fan. I've, I've liked it, but as a kid, of course, it freaked me out because, as you know, yeah. you know what he does to some of those kids when they get uh, you know thrown into those kind of chocolate fountains or whatever, and we don't really know kind of uh, for a while what's going to happen to it. It used to terrify me, and, I, you know, and even as an adult, I found it difficult to warm to it, okay. and I don't know why, but I always thought maybe it's just a little bit too weird and too odd for, for, for my liking. I don't know. Uh, there was a remake a couple of years ago uh, back in 2005. Tim Burton uh, made a version called uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, which you might remember. Great. Well, Johnny played this kind of very strange Michael Jackson type character and it was very, very odd. It was very, very beautiful to look at like yeah. all Tim Burton films are. But again, very, very strange and very, very odd. Johnny Depp was just, I'm sure he looks back and thinks, what, why did I ever make that? He was very strange. He was very strange in the very movie. Strange. But I, I, I kind of liked it. I thought okay. it was because it was so beautiful to look at. So here we have a new version and you'll be glad to know, I mean, this is written and directed by Paul King. Now, Paul King has brought us two of the best movies of the past 10, 15 years. He brought us the Paddington movies yeah. and you know what I think about those yeah. movies. I I'm think, the same. Yeah, I'm I think I gave them both a 10. So therefore, That's why I got excited when I realised it was he was doing Wonka. I was thinking, this is going to be good because yeah. I was fearful that it wouldn't be after what happened with the other Wonka. I was fearful but when I heard it was him, I said, yeah, we're, we're on the right road here. Yeah, and um, when, when you're watching this, I mean, you are thinking Paddington a lot because it's got uh, Paul King's incredible imagination. It's very, very sweet. It's very beautiful to look at. It has some extraordinary kind of musical uh, sequences uh, throughout the film. Now, look, don't get me wrong. It isn't perfect, but I think, you know, when we approach Christmas, I think I'm glad I saw it on the big screen. It is a very, very lovely, and, and I enjoyed it very, very much indeed. So we meet Timothy Chalamet, who, again, you know, is um, very, very popular at the moment, and he is somebody I admire very, very much indeed. I think he's a fine actor, and he is very, very good here, I'm glad to be able to say. Now, the greatest dancer, maybe, and so <laughs> maybe with a better little bit of direction, I think uh, maybe he could have been a little bit better. But other than that, he can sing, and he's very, very good in it, because uh, when we meet him, he's a young man, he's a chocolatier slash magician, and uh, his chocolate is kind of, uh, he considers it certainly, and many uh, who do eat his chocolate consider it to be the best there is. So he um, he dreams of opening the shop in this city where he travels to the city. But unfortunately, the, um, the, 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 the chocolate 
chocolate world in the city is run by this cartel of very, very greedy chocolatiers who don't allow anybody else to kind of invade uh, their cartel in any way, shape or form. And they use the local police chief to uh, physically uh, remove any kind of competition that uh, arrives. And as you can imagine, with the arrival uh, of um, uh, Willy Wonka to this uh, town to produce his chocolate, hopefully in the dream of doing that, uh, they don't exactly, you know, respond in a very, very positive way. Um, he, he arrives in the town. He has no money. He meets uh, Olivia Coleman. And Olivia Coleman is uh, running this laundrette. And she offers him a place to stay uh, as long as he signs a contract. But unfortunately, he doesn't read the small print ah. because he can't read. And uh, unfortunately, he ends up living in the basement with many others who too have written that contract, the small print, which unfortunately um, means that they owe uh, Olivia Coleman thousands upon thousands uh, of, uh, of pounds which they can't pay so therefore they've got to work in slavery uh, in the basement um, oh, So she's a meanie Very much so yeah and, uh, but she's also very good because of course she's always very good at, at everything uh, that she does and throughout the film we have these wonderful kind of uh, dance sequences and dream sequences which all works very very well the film has a huge amount of CGI which is a terrible which I think is a pity because they, keep, they kept referencing in interviews and stuff that the main set wasn't and the main set was built for real and when we see the sequences is in that I think the film really really looks very very good indeed the CGI isn't particularly great unfortunately um, there is a CGI Hugh Grant who plays an Oompa Loompa here and because he's very that, entertaining the, uh, yeah at the time that this movie was being made there was criticism of that that there was no no small person used. Uh, yeah, and I, I think well, enough small stuff. I think what happened there is that it, there was a lot of backlash against Disney and their plans for um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So yeah. they were not using little people um, in that film, and that created an awful lot of uh, controversy. And little people said, "These are our acting roles. These are for us." Why we can't, don't you know? get a lot of them. Exactly. So yeah. I think, and I think it was a bit of a shame in that they, they also tired because the, the trailer for this film came out at around that time. So they decided to use and target, uh, I think, Hugh Grant and his portrayal of the Oompa Loompa, which I think is a bit of a shame because is he a good umpa He's a terrific umpa yes. He really, really is. Uh, the songs are very good. The songs are written by an Irishman, uh, Neil uh, Hannon from D- Divine oh, Comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, if you've ever listened to any of the Neil Hannon songs, you Great. know he, he paints wonderful pictures does, uh, with yeah. his songs, and he does that here. And the songs are very good. They're very kind of you know um, they're memorable, but but also very similar to what we've heard before, which is a kind of a good thing. So therefore, you you know you're attracted to them straight away. They're not complicated or strange or weird. What they're did I similar. hear on that trailer? They the original The World of Poor Imagination and they use the original yeah, yeah they use some okay. of the original songs from uh, the original film which is a very very good idea because then people will warm and there'll be a sense of nostalgia yeah I know this song yeah, yeah. it doesn't always work uh, there are down periods I think there are times when the film kind of loses an awful lot of energy it could have done with uh, a little bit of editing I think because it is um, it is quite long but when it's good and when it's when it's kind of alive it really did warm my heart and it reminded me of you know Paddington it reminded me of Oliver and it reminded me of Christmas and I think this will be a Christmas favourite for, for, for a long time to come. It's, a, it's for all the family. I thought it was absolutely terrific and I'd certainly recommend it. OK, it's a pity it's so long though because with children it can be hard for the smallies to try and hold their home. Especially when all the kind of energy kind of dips yeah. somewhat. Yeah. OK, mark it out of 10? I'll give it 8. 8 out of 10. Yeah. OK, that is one. Go watch it on the big screen. I know it will eventually make it. We'll be watching it probably Christmases to come on the TV but go watch it on the big screen. Now, please don't destroy... The Treasure of Foggy Mountain. I was talking to you a couple of weeks back and I asked her, did you watch Saturday Night Live? And you said yeah, you don't. No. Whereas, uh, whereas I do. I, I, I watch bits of it on um, 
you know, YouTube or something yeah. will come up. Yeah. Well, but, yeah, I don't watch no. the full show. I don't watch yeah. the live show. I watch the bits, as you say. I watch the skits um, on uh, YouTube the very, very next morning. And funny enough, actually, Timothy Chalamet has been on uh, a few times in the last couple of years. And his particular shows, for some reason, have been very, very good. Because I think the standard sometimes of SNL isn't particularly good. And they're a bit here and miss. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. And please don't destroy are these uh, three young men, Martin Hurley, John Higgins and Ben Marshall. And they have their own particular section, their own particular skit on Saturday Night Live. They're these kind of three kind of very nerdy young men uh, who uh, aren't very successful with women and are a bit odd and a bit strange. And their particular section works very, very well. And I've always thought that they were very, very funny, as do um, did, did John Adams. So Judd said, look, I think we should make a, a movie together. Um, you want to talk about Nepo babies? Uh, two of them, Martin Hurley and John Higgins, uh, both are sons of writers on SNL. So, <laughs> so that helped their careers somewhat. Okay. But I don't want to undermine the fact that they are very, very good comedy writers. And uh, I would recommend, by the way, there are sections on YouTube which just have Please Don't Destroy sections uh, of all of their skits on YouTube. And okay. I'd recommend people to watch them uh, before they see this film because then they'll get to know the kind of sense of humour here, which is very strange and very, very... Very odd indeed, and, and I know like a lot of sk- skits uh, from Saturday Night Live all down throughout the years that that where they made movies from the skits haven't really worked because of course the three minute sketch uh, works well sometimes, but to then transfer it to a movie that's an hour and a half long it doesn't and really, they, really and work. They've, and they've written this themselves as well. They haven't, have indeed, yeah. yeah. Like Wayne's World, I suppose, is probably the best transfer from Saturday Night Live to to, yeah. to movie screens, but there are so many along the way that haven't really worked. Um, I really quite enjoyed this. I mean, the, obviously the boys have uh, you know have uh, grown up watching Back to the future and all of the, you know, all, all of the Jurassic Park and all of those kind of 80s and 90s kind of classic movies and obviously one of those is The Goonies and this is very, very Goonies. Uh, the young boys, when they were very, very young, they found this clue to a hidden treasure. Uh, they, they're watching TikTok one day and they realise that uh, the treasure could really, really exist. Uh, it's a, butt of, a bust of um, uh, Marie Antoinette. It's par- apparently it's worth about 100 million. Uh, so they head into the mountains to try and find uh, this treasure and it has its funny moments along the way. It's not always uh, particularly hugely funny, but I did smile a lot, and that's good enough for me. I might not have laughed out loud. Um, the, but a Yeah, one of the criticisms is that, that there aren't enough jokes for a full-length uh, feature. The first hour, I think, was pretty solid, and I think it was very, very enjoyable. The last hour, obviously, they just ran out of ideas, and it just all goes a bit mad and a bit crazy. It's all a bit hit or miss. But when, for me, it, it, it hit, I really enjoyed it. Worth when it watch. missed, you do grow. It, it might not be too, uh, the, the kind of humour in this, it might, might, might maybe to, to, to everybody uh, for everybody but uh, I'd certainly recommend it Mark it out of 10 I'll give it 8 8 out of yeah. 10 ok that's Please Don't Destroy The Treasure of Foggy Mountain thanks for that Mark talk to you next You're Friday welcome. and that's where I leave you for today my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing and indeed for producing all year because he's off on his Christmas holidays from today so we'll talk to him again in the new year Nick is with you for the afternoon and I'll talk to you on Monday morning at 10 Court Today on C103 with Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See mig.ie.